Welcome back, everyone. This is Conversations Podcast. I'm Scott Law. And I'm Terry Law. We're glad to be here together. We are once again talking about eagles, getting kicked out in the nest, uh, making our lives uncomfortable, listening to the voice of the Spirit and the wind, the wind of the Spirit. It's taking us places. It wants to speak to us. And we will continue to talk about that today. Let's jump in. The reference scripture that we have right now is Deuteronomy 32, 11, and 12. Like an eagle that stirs up its nest and hovers over its young, that spreads its wings to catch them and carries them aloft, the Lord alone led him. No foreign god was with him. I love that. The Lord alone led him. Israel or Jacob, that chapter is about Israel and Jacob. They're talking the same person, obviously. But uh, the Lord alone led Jacob, and this is how God led him. As an eagle, it's a beautiful picture, as an eagle, mm. stirreth up her nest. We've talked about that briefly in this this segment. I want to reemphasize how God stirs up the nest, takes all the comfort, all the soft things out of the middle of the nest, gets the youngsters sitting on briars and thorns and everything that's prickly, and they get very uncomfortable. And then uh, the second point I brought out was, as an eagle hovereth over her young, there comes a moment when youngsters have to learn how to fly. I think I said this in our first session together, if you don't know how to fly, friend, it's a long walk to where you're going. Think about that for a moment. It'd be a whole lot easier for God to carry you there, for you to be flowing in the middle of what God is saying in your life and allow him to take you out of your comfort zone into new things that, that God is doing. If you compare an eagle on the wind to a crow, think of a crow sitting on a fence post, making all the noise, and an eagle is way up in the heavens. I mean, crows can't get anywhere near where eagles fly. And I see that in the body of Christ. As children of God, God wants you flying. God wants you on the wing. God wants you up there where the wind can direct you and you can end up doing things for God that are so important. And he's talking to you, as I said last session, the wind is blowing. And it's so important we understand that. The wind is blowing. I ended our, our last session by telling you what happened to me on 9-11. I was sitting home watching TV, and 9-11 took place. I saw the towers come down in New York, and as I sat in my chair here in Tulsa where I live, the wind blew, and the Holy Spirit said to me, do you want to curse the darkness or light a candle? I said, Lord, I'd like to light a candle. And then the word of the Lord came to me and said, get over there now, folks. I flew into Afghanistan a week after Time magazine published the refugee camps in Kilifazo. I was in those refugee camps seven days after they appeared in Time magazine. We were on the front line. We were doing things that nobody had done. And where did the wind blow us? It blew us into Afghanistan, into the middle of the war. And I tell you one thing, when I'm flowing in the wind and when I'm following God in my life, 
I'm safer in the will of God in Afghanistan than you are in Tulsa, Oklahoma, or wherever you live, because I'm in God's hands and God is protecting me. It's so important to do the will of God. So important that we understand the good, the perfect, and the excellent word of God in our lives. So anyway, let me continue on. When Joel and I ended up in Afghanistan in Kelly Faso, we talked to the head commandant of the camp. There were 9,000 refugees there living in the dirt. And one thing was terrible was the fact it was in November, I believe, in, in the, in the wintertime. And uh, Baluchistan, Afghanistan, where we were, it was like landing on the moon. They hadn't had a rain there, Scott, in five years. Mm-hmm. No rain in five years. It was like a moonscape. And it got cold at night, bitter cold. And when I went to the camp and, and my heart was touched just by seeing the children and, and poorly clad, they had nothing. And I said to the commandant of the camp, how can I help you? What can I do? He said, well, he said, one thing we need is blankets for our children. He said, it goes down below zero centigrade in the, in the nighttime. And he says, we're losing on an average of 12 children a night dying from exposure to the cold. I saw him making these marks on a wall and I said, sir, what are those marks? He said, those are the children that died last night. I don't even know how to express to people what that did to me. And uh, Joel and I came home to America. We raised a bunch of money. We flew over. We, we filled nine truckloads full of food. And we went back into those refugee camps. And I'll tell you, folk, one of the greatest things I've ever seen in my life was the wonder and the smile on those kids' faces when we put a big blanket in their arms and they knew that they were going to be warm when the, the cold weather came at night. And that's where the Holy Spirit blew us. It was the wind of the Spirit that brought us to Afghanistan, the wind of the Spirit that brought us to Pakistan. And if I were to outline for you my ministry, I can tell you that most of my ministry has been being sensitive to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will tell me, do this, do that. And if I'm so wrapped up and tied up with noise and television and everything else that's that's going on, oftentimes I'll miss it. But it's the silence that God wants. Be still and know that I am God, the Bible says. It's time to listen. It's time because the wind is blowing. And I'll say that one more time. The wind is blowing. And I've seen the wind blow in some absolutely spectacular ways. I remember when I was starting out as a young minister, I went to Bible school in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. I finished my three-year course there. I, I did very well with my marks in school. And when I graduated from Bible college, I had five different opportunities. Churches asked me to come as their pastor. Pastors of large churches asked me to be a youth pastor. Uh, All these various things were open to me. And I needed to hear God. I needed to hear the wind. 
I remember one night in a church in Edmonton, I went to the altar at the end of the service and knelt, and I had a time of prayer. You know, Scott, we 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 used to have prayer times in church. We don't we don't do it anymore like like I grew up with, mm-hmm. but I have incredible memories of the Holy Spirit talking to me when I would take time to just be quiet, sometimes pray in tongues, but just listen. And uh, that particular night, I was on my knees for four hours at the end of the service, way up into the midnight hours. As I prayed in tongues in the Spirit, I knew I was praying something important. I didn't know what it was. And the youth pastor in the church was a friend of mine. We we were in Bible school together as friends, and he operated in the gift of interpretation of tongues. And after the four hours when I got up, he walked up to me and said, Terry, do you know what you were praying? And I looked at him. I was stunned that he understood it. And he said, you were praying out of the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 6. Woe is me, for I am undone. I am in the midst of a people with unclean lips. And then he said, you you began to pray and to agonize in the spirit. And it was the words of the Lord, whom shall I send and who will go for me? He said, you prayed that for an hour. Whom shall I send? Who will go for me? And then he said, right at the end, when you broke into victory in what had been an agonizing prayer, you started to say in the spirit, here am I, Lord, send me. Here am I, Lord, send me. I regard that as one of the seminal moments in my life when I heard the, the wind of the Spirit because this is what happened. After the four hours, the service was shut down. I stepped out onto the sidewalk in Edmonton. It was below zero. I remember seeing my breath, and as my foot touched the sidewalk, I had a memory of a young man that I had gone to Sunday school with in the next province over in in Saskatchewan, Canada. His name was Dennis Bjorgen. No sooner had my foot touched the sidewalk and Dennis came to my mind as clear as a bell. And I thought, you know, I think it might be a great future for me because I felt I was an evangelist for Dennis and I to hook up. I would learn how to play a guitar, a bass guitar. And anyway, this hit me that night, stepping out from the church before I even got the bus to go Mm. home. The next day, Scott, the next day, a letter comes in the mail to me from Dennis. And he says, hey, he said, I, I don't know where you are. I'm sending this letter out. But I said, I've been praying about you and me, and I think God wants us to go into evangelistic work and into missions together. Totally shook my talk about uh, the wind blowing. Uh, it was so real. It was an open door. It was God. And that wind is blowing, and it's not just for me. God is calling Everybody, God is speaking to everybody. And uh, the Holy Spirit speaks to you very simply. His Spirit, the Bible says in Romans 8, 16, His Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. That's how God talks to you. 
He talks to you on the inside, on your inner spirit, where the Holy Ghost lives inside of you. That's how God speaks. He speaks in a still, small voice, but his spirit bears witness with our spirit. The Holy Spirit in your life is in harmony with the Spirit of God that's down in your heart, and the Spirit is blowing. The wind is blowing, and God is saying, listen, there's things that I want you to do in this city or that city, or this is a new job that I have for you. This is a new open door for you to be blessed, to to be able to take care of your family, to pay your bills, etc., etc. It's all there, and it's all in God, and it's all proceeding toward us. And I want to encourage you uh, to learn how to hear the voice of God. I'll tell you, folks, from that moment on, after that experience of praying in the Spirit for four hours in that church, I trusted God in my prayer time. I began to pray in the Holy Spirit a whole lot more than I ever had. And there's a lot of you people who've been filled with the Holy Spirit, and you spend no time at all praying and talking in your prayer language to God. Let me tell you, when you open your mouth and pray in the Spirit, the wind starts to blow. That's how the wind blows. It comes through your spirit and into the Holy Spirit flowing into your spirit, and it flows out from you to God and to wherever God wants you. God has got a great plan for you coming down the road. It's out there, and he's leading us by the blowing of the wind. Going back to the analogy of eagles and and being kicked out of the nest and hearing the voice of God and through the wind of the Spirit, mother eagles, or eagles in general, they they can sit for days in a nest or on a perch and wait and and hardly move, really hardly fly because they are waiting for the wind thermals to kick in, the wind that, that rises up in the atmosphere because, as I mentioned before, they're so heavy, they know if they do too much work on their own, it could really inhibit them. Mm-hmm. And so eagles are experts on the wind and air. They have learned to hear yes hear the wind, know the wind, and realize that their gifting is in soaring. And so they have learned to tune in themselves and their inner selves to to the wind. And when it rises up and the thermal wind rises up, it knows, okay, I can jump out now and it can take me to where I need to go. Mm -hmm. And what a beautiful analogy. That's, you know, the wind of the spirit and how we as eaglets, God sometimes is, whether it's the devil, whether it's God <laughs> and in different scenarios is wanting us out in the nest and wanting us to learn to hear the wind and, and, and the Holy Spirit speaking to us. And sometimes you have to wait like the eagle. Sometimes you are in a period of being uncomfortable and in right. discomfort and you have to wait for the wind to rise up and then, okay, now is the time to go. Okay, I'm going to go. Where am I going? Well, You'll find out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to take you. You are where you are, but I, I want you to be somewhere else, and I'm going to take you there. And it takes time. It takes patience. It's difficult for us as humans with a, with a, with a show-me-now society. Once again, Scott, I want to emphasize the fact that before the wind blows, before the wind blows, God stirs up the nest, gets us uncomfortable, And learn when the uncomfortable comes to you that something 
is afoot, something that you may not understand. But if you get your heart, get your mind in tune with the Lord, the Lord's going to put you in the right place and show you the right things to do. You're, you're married to a wonderful woman named Barbara, and she is a literary maven, mm-hmm. uh, English professor at ORU, and she loves reading classics. And I'm reminded of J.R. Tolkien, the writer of The Hobbit and uh, Lord of the Rings. And it's funny, he has, just like in scripture, he's taken, you know, dragons and they represent evil. And he has eagles that represent good mm. in both The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings. And and uh, the eagles are sometimes named, but then sometimes referred to the Lord of the Eagles or referred to as a group. And many times throughout both The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings, Gandalf the Grey or Thorn Oakenshield or even, uh, you know, hobbits are rescued by eagles and taken up in dire situations where there's nothing else that they can do. And there's these eagles that come out of nowhere and they rescue them and they ride on the wings on the backs of eagles up high and they soar and they're Mm -hmm. taken to a place. There's a point where Gandalf is in a dire situation and he needs a horse. So an eagle rescues him from a uh, kind of a high area and takes him to uh, Rohan, which is the land of the horses and, and delivers them there so he can get a horse um, and so why am I saying that? I'm saying that it, it, it's, it's pertinent. Tolkien realized the importance of eagles in scripture, and he was a strong believer. And he also read Revelations and knew that dragons were evil. And he, he made eagles a kind of a hidden, there was a hidden sub-narrative in his books of how important eagles were and how they could provide uh, his characters and bring them to safety and carry them on their wings and uh, not necessarily speak to them, but but provide a way out of getting to where they're in a difficult situation, but taking them, rescue them. Mm-hmm. And even at the very end, when Frodo takes the ring and throws it into the fire of Mordor and, and Samwise is there, what happens? There's an earthquake, there's, there's eruption, there's lava, and what happens? An eagle comes at the very end and rescues them both and takes them away to mm-hmm. safety. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a beautiful picture in that. And I mm. think Tolkien caught the importance of eagles, the Jesus mentioning eagles and eagles being referenced all throughout the Old Testament and the passages that we shared that there's a beautiful story there for our lives that God wants us to catch, to listen to the wind and listen to the voice of the spirit and those eagles and that story that you've shared and that you also heard from Oral that it's important for our lives that no matter what discomfort we're in, even if we have to sit there and be patient, it's hard. It's easy to talk about, but it's hard. God has a plan for us. I'm a very impatient person. You can say that again. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Very but, impatient, and sometimes in the waiting period, I go just, just about go crazy. Timing. The wind blows in God's time, and that's one thing you're, you're going to understand about the voice of God, and we'll be teaching on this in the days that lie ahead. But one of the important things that the Holy Spirit does is choose timing for you. And there's a scripture in uh, Acts chapter 16 where Paul and Silas tried to go into Bithynia and the Spirit of God said no. Mm -hmm. They tried to go into Asia Minor, the Spirit of God said no. Macedonian call. Then he has a dream the next night, Paul, 
the man of Macedonia says, come on over here and help us. Now, what's amazing here is that it wasn't time for Bithynia or uh, Asia, but it was right for Macedonia. The wind of the Spirit was... What's incredible, Scott, is that Macedonia is in Europe. Asia is in Asia. So the Spirit of God was leading Paul to start a church in Europe. The thrust of the gospel for the next 1900 years came out of Europe. Mm. Europe was the missionary continent. It sent out missionaries all over the world. Mm. The Holy Ghost knew way back then that it was wrong for them to go into Bithynia. It was wrong to them to go into Asia Minor. But two years later, they do go into Asia Minor to Ephesus, and Paul had the greatest revival, his crusades. Just the Bible says everyone in Asia heard the word of the Lord. An incredible revival, but timing was so important. And folks, learn how to sense the time. Learn how the Holy Ghost is and will lead you at times. And you may have to wait. You may have to sit and pray a while. But if you'll wait, he's going to show and he'll show up. And when he does, you'll be blessed where he takes you. I think that's that's so important. I think this is probably a good point to end on today. Again, still small voice. It's it's hard to hear the whisper of the wind and the Holy Spirit in the tumult of of trials and tribulations in your life and with the vicissitudes of life, as you've said. But it's important that it's a it's a habit and a practice that we as followers of Jesus need to learn to perfect, and that is to hear the voice of God to know when the wind is blowing, when the Holy Spirit is speaking, and where it is that he wants you to go in a given situation. So our encouragement to you today is like the hobbits and like Paul and like many others and stories that Dad has shared that you listen to the wind of the Holy Spirit and you allow that to guide you in whatever situation you're in. Thank you for joining us today. Grace and peace on you all. And we look forward to talking to you again soon. Take care. This podcast has been brought to you by our sponsor, Terry Law Speaks. Go to terrylawspeaks.com if you'd like to book Terry to speak at your church or special event. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and many of the other major podcast platforms. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We'll see you next time as we continue to share the love and grace of God with you and with those who've yet to hear.